0: Welcome back to the next episode of Ranked. We are here to discuss another arbitrary list, probably one of the most prolific directors. Probably only pops his head up every decade or so to bring us another fantastic blockbuster. That is, of course, James Cameron returning with Avatar The Way of Water, and we are here to return and rank all eight of his films. So, to help do this, I have Sush once again. How are you doing today?
1: Um, just living the dream, buddy that's uh i think i said I've said that every almost every time we've recorded, but uh just uh you know, taking it one day at a time and and uh enjoying movies
0: Hey, it's good you're still living the dream, you know, I wouldn't want yeah. it any other way.
1: Well, when James Cameron drops a film, uh everybody's living the dream, right We're <laughs> yeah that's a a good point. dream
0: That is a good point. We only do this once every decade with James Cameron. we got to enjoy this while it lasts. I know the Avatar 3 is supposed to come out in two years' time, but they said that we'll for see. Avatar 2, yeah, a decade ago. So, you know, I'm not holding my breath.
1: He needs um, some new fire technology. That's, that's going to be the thing. He's got to yeah. develop some fire technology so he can film film yeah. amongst the flames.
0: Yeah. I'm. I'd be pretty excited to see a fire tribe. Not gonna lie. That that sounds yeah like a sweet spot for me.
1: It sounds cool. Like it sounds it sounds pretty destructive. I like when James Cameron and destruction pair together.
0: Yeah, it really feels like Avatar is turning into Avatar: The Last Airbender with all the different elements <laughs> they're using here.
1: It'll be interesting to see if uh, they can start controlling things. I mean, you know, with Kiri and her like uh, connections. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where he takes it. I mean, the dude is like a king of science fiction, so he could take it to some pretty crazy places, though it's more on the fantasy side at that point.
0: Yeah, the good thing about James Cameron is even if he has a film that I don't love, uh, he almost rarely misses. Like all eight of his movies, you know, uh, maybe there's one or two that aren't incredible, but for the most part, he always comes out with a great film. So I'll, I'll always go check out whatever he makes. The Seed Bearer, I think is the name of the new one. Patent pen and maybe they'll change the name in a few years, but yeah. for now, whatever he makes, I'm watching opening week. No question about it.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I'm there with you. So James Cameron really taking his time lately. Only pops up once every decade, but we still have eight of his films here. Uh, what was your experience with James Cameron as a director for the first time? What was the first Cameron film you can think of?
1: It's gotta be. It's gotta be Terminator. Like. I watched that with my dad, back in the day. We bonded over that movie. He he w- always loves to say like, "I'll be back." And <laughs> do it like a perfect. I, I, Adrian, I'm telling you right now, is a perfect Terminator, uh, um, performance. If you're listening to this, but, it was um, a great impression. Yeah, it's a great impression. Um, but Terminator was uh probably the first introduction that I had to James Cameron. Um, and then, of course, Titanic uh, is another one that I really uh, uh, experienced when I was a young younger kid. I mean, I'm I'm born in '96, so uh, most of those movies, and pretty, well, ev- every single one of his films um, had pretty much come out up to that point, except for Titanic, because uh, he's like you he said, the decade director. After that, so yeah, I uh, I had some interesting experiences with him, and just I've I've always really liked him.
0: Yeah, I think my first experience was Titanic. I think that was the first one I watched. Because I'm not, you know, I am now. I I love sci-fi films. But I think when I was younger, I wasn't a huge sci-fi kid. So the one I was interested in was, the the one that I was interested in was the romantic Titanic film. Like, You know, I I was (laughs) a bit of a romantic. that, That stuff got me excited. And come on, who doesn't want to see a giant boat sink? That, you know, that gets any kid pumped. So I was pretty excited for that film. and. You know, it delivers. It's a pretty great film. It's, you know, going back and looking at his other movies. I've seen all of these quite a few times now. They're very rewatchable. And mm-hmm. yeah, I would say all these, no matter what to- era you entered in with Cameron, you probably have one that you kind of cherish. Uh, they're, they're all great.
1: Yeah. And, and then like, they're all films that most people have seen, apart from maybe like The Abyss. And- right. Because that one's a little harder to find these days. Really hard. Like, a lot of people have seen most of these movies in some capacity because of how successful they are and how, you know, large of a scale they are at uh, being blockbusters and just being these huge, like, events. Um, I think that's one way to put it. They're all events in their own right. And so lots of people flock to those things.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is about Cameron, but everybody knows it's a Cameron movie. I did a Spielberg podcast about a month ago, and during that podcast, I like to, my way of telling the casual census is I just talk to my coworkers at work and ask them their thoughts on the director, and so I asked them their favorite Spielberg film, and they were like, uh, what did he direct again? Did he direct Back to the Future? I was like, no, 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 he directed E.T., Jaws, Jurassic Park. Catch me if you can. And they're like, whoa, he did all those? That's crazy. But Cameron, <laughs> I go, oh, hey, what's your favorite Cameron film? And they're like, hmm, Titanic, Terminator, Aliens, Avatar. These are all really, like, the, everybody knows the movies Cameron has done. I don't know why, but those seem to have more of a stay. Like, you kind of know if it's a Cameron film.
1: Yeah, I think it's because I don't know if you want to call him like a uh, an auteur at all, but he definitely has his style. And it's just something that people can, like, immediately think of you know, it's not too obscure. It's very digestible film, for lack of a better term. It's just, I think, so a lot of people can connect with it, and they'll remember it, no problem.
0: Yeah, I feel like a very simple theme for Cameron is, is it a sci-fi film? Is it about romance or a family? If both those boxes are checked, it's possibly a Cameron film. I feel like he loves doing, he loves using sci-fi to address love and family and clearly like those themes are more important to
1: him Mm -hmm, definitely yeah something to do with family or relationship of some kind i think creating that emotional connection is really important with him and his films i think he would forego a lot as he does um in terms of storytelling to just tell those basic like love stories and that's, you know, could be that's love between um, two people, like in Titanic, or that's, you know, almost like a motherly love, like with a Ripley and aliens. So it's always got those themes and father figures and Terminator, that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. So we can get into the list here. We have eight films going from a Wednesday's worst, but, you know, is lesser to the best for James Cameron. Yeah. Uh, Going in at number eight, what we consider to be the less incredible James Cameron film uh, is probably the one that's the hardest to access, and that is The Abyss. So I have this at eight, Sush has this at seven, so we're both pretty low on this one. Uh, What was your thoughts on The Abyss?
1: Yeah, I loved it. I think the reason that I have it at seven and not higher is simply because of it's difficult to access, and I saw it on a pretty crappy version, so I you know didn't get the full experience and I would imagine that the abyss is quite the spectacle to see uh you know on a big screen or just like in a higher definition um and that uh is something that I didn't really experience with it unfortunately, and so I think that that takes it down a few notches in that respect, otherwise, I thought it was pretty exciting at times um it had a fairly impactful uh ending the scene um you know when when things are revealed towards the end um i i really liked that moment in the film and i thought that that left a lasting impression on me but overall yeah i think if i were to see it in 4k or something i i feel like i would really like it but yeah it's it being difficult to access and like the version that i saw kind of kind of just yeah it, I, I didn't get that full experience that I, I expected with
0: it. yeah the abyss is kind of a decent gap from the rest of his filmography for me at least it, it might mm. have something to do with the fact that the version that's really out now is not great like it's on some mm-hmm. crappy dvd that's hard to access yeah. like there's really no good way to see this movie there's no blu-ray no way in hell there's a 4k like there's no great version of this film right now and i'm sure in theaters it looked great i think the transfer on the dvd was not great because what i saw wasn't great and yeah I, I think that probably does stain the experience for me i i, I do think the ending probably would have been impactful if it looked gorgeous i i didn't even think it looked great i don't think it really moved me that well but it, it is an interesting ending and the film itself feels pretty boring like i don't know it's just a bunch of people in a submarine talking and when like you're in such a small corridors and it's such like a mundane color and there's moments that are exciting but for the most part it's kind of just a slow talky film with like a weird liquid that makes you like stay in the water and i don't know so like they're trying some sci-fi things here like i i love when camera tries something new i like when any director does something wacky like the whatever liquid that was like i don't know I, it's interesting I, I don't know if i love it but yeah this film's just fine i don't hate it but it's it, it's the only one i don't know if i would rewatch unless they like drop a blu-ray or 4k version then i might check it out just to see how it looks on the upgrade but other than that I don't know I don't know if I like am clamoring for a rewatch of The Abyss.
1: Yeah, no me neither. Supposedly they are coming out with one when oh, Cameron yeah. gets the time uh but yeah, I think they said spring it might come out on 4K. Look out for that cuz it might be worth adding to the collection. Who knows uh how accessible that one will be but uh yeah. I definitely agree with you on that. I I think I, I have rated a little bit higher just because I know the struggles that went into filming it. And I think it's pretty impressive that they did manage to film underwater so much, uh, given the circumstances. And I think, if I remember reading correctly, like Cameron almost died on the set because he was running out of oxygen and it didn't like show on his meter or something. So crazy stuff like that. It's just a difficult film. Uh, To make and the fact that they made it, I thought was pretty sweet. So, gets some brownie points from me. But if I would want to watch a submarine film, I'd probably go watch Crimson Tide.
0: I don't believe that story you just said. uh James Cameron can breathe underwater. I don't believe him. He <laughs> yeah, drowned. he's got gills. Yeah, and I guess that's another thing I mentioned. You know, sci fi is one box, family and love is another box. And the third box is definitely water. Uh, James Cameron <laughs> loves the water.
1: Yeah, yeah, he loves the water. That's why everything is blue. Like, all his posters are blue in some facet.
0: Yeah, if James Cameron could just live in the water, the guy will. I'm not shocked at all the second Avatar was just Avatar and water. That's his two favorite things. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, The Abyss, it's not terrible. If you haven't seen it and you have some way to access it, uh, you know, it's a good way to finish off Cameron's filmography here. Um, mm. But, you know, it's decent. Uh, coming in at number seven, and by the way, we should preface, uh, Piranha's two is not on the list. No, uh, Cameron doesn't really consider it one of his, so we don't either. But, you know, should f- <laughs> figure I should preface that before we get to like the top three, and someone's like, wait, is Piranha th- is Piranha two still in their list? Like, when are they getting to that one? Um, but yeah, <laughs> at number seven, we have Susha's least favorite here, and that is going to be True Lines. Okay, you have this in last. Yeah. I have it at six. uh Yeah, why is this your least favorite?
1: Okay, well, I'm gonna preface this with just saying that I know that True Lies is like a cult favorite. There's a huge like subsect of people that love True Lies and think it's fantastic, and that's great. I'm glad that you guys enjoyed this film. For me, it just didn't really work. I, I, I think that the best parts are kind of contrived a little bit. Like, I, I had issues with. Um, the depiction of um, his wife in the film and just like overall out like I didn't like the comedy I didn't think it really worked for me when you like talk about kind of wacky dialogue that just did, doesn't work that was it and I know a lot of people like the comedy but for me it just it didn't stick well and which sucks because uh, it could have been a really funny film but I think that um, it was just a little bit too campy, and despite Arnold Schwarzenegger being good in those roles, I I didn't really like Tom Arnold in it. I thought Bill Paxton's character was a little cringy, and it just yeah, it didn't work for me. It had some cool action though, like the bridge sequence is pretty interesting and it's fun to watch, and the opening is really cool from like a spy perspective. But I just yeah, I don't know. Compared to like the rest of his films, it just. It didn't do it for me, and I—it's not really something that I rank highly. I guess I might re- re-watch it though. But yeah, that was my interpretation.
0: Yeah, this one's a real hot and cold situation for me. Where the first hour—I'll tell you right now—I watched the first hour, and I was thinking, "Holy shit! Is—is is this potentially like a top three or four Cameron film? Like this is incredible." I thought the first hour was hilarious. I. Re- I loved everything about the first hour. It was just super fun. I don't remember laughing at a film that long in a while, that much in quite some time. I really thought the humor was my kind of thing. I love campy stuff, cringy jokes. Mm. It was all my kind of thing. This was my forte. The spy stuff was fun. Some of the action was good at the beginning. And, And then, like you said, with the depiction of Jamie Lee Curtis, Schwarzenegger's wife in this movie, it yeah. really just left a sour taste in my mouth. How the first hour is like Schwarzenegger is flirting with this girl and he's dancing with her and he's making these really cringy flirty jokes with her. And like, I was eating all this up and it was hilarious. And then Jamie Lee Curtis feels trapped in this relationship because he doesn't have any relationship with her. His Like her own husband is just avoiding her and doing all these cool stuff. And she's just stuck in the house, trapped feeling isolated and unloved. And she's just, talking to some guy and Schwarzenegger's like unbelievable this woman's a piece of shit she's talking to some guy and I'm her husband And it's like uh buddy I literally saw you flirting and doing really cringy stuff for the first hour which was hilarious but you know let's call a spade a spade like you know you're not innocent here like let's maybe tone it down a bit and like the power dynamics of her being interviewed by her own husband who's pretending he's not her husband and it just felt icky it felt weird when he's like having her admit how far she's gone with this guy when she doesn't realize it's her own husband and she doesn't realize he's been doing things behind her back with other women I don't know that stuff was just like it wasn't funny to me like the comedy was totally gone during that interrogation scene like it wasn't a ha ha Jimmy Lee Curtis is so clueless it was a oh my god like our lead character our protagonist is being like really fucking controlling and like the power dynamics are so weird here. So yeah. I don't know. I really, really love the first hour. And the last 30 minutes has some great action scenes. And there's still some great jokes throughout. But once we got to that moment, the rest of the film, it just seemed less funny because it just felt icky at times. Like, I don't know. I didn't love it. I really did not love that scene and the, just the dynamic moving forward. So, you know, it's tough. Yeah, uh, It's tough.
1: It's it's a weird film for Cameron to have made, but I had a friend explain to me that he was kind of going through a bunch of things with his wife at the time. He was going through a divorce and kind of probably funneling that energy into this film and I don't know, it kind of shows like he was obviously in a weird part of his life that he came up and made this one uh after making, you know, some crazy science fiction films and this I think was his last one before Titanic 2, So, which in, in itself that is a deviation a little bit from the science fiction aspect yeah. of his filmography. But yeah, it's like he went, he tried to go pure camp comedy with True Lies, with mixed in with a big some action, some great action. Like it's those are the obviously the best parts of the film. But I don't know. It's just I, yeah, I don't think it was. Cameron's best choice, but I know that there are a lot of people uh, who really do like this film. Um, that's fine, but for me, yeah, it's it's on the lower end, the bottom. But yeah. that doesn't mean that it's a terrible movie. It just it didn't really work for me at the time that I watched it. I guess.
0: And I get why people love it. I yeah, loved I the movie, except for I have some major issues with it. So it it just drops down to six. I still think it's very entertaining. Uh, I, I get why people are obsessed with this movie, and if you're one of those people that are listening, I you know I get it. <laughs> it's it's my kind of comedy. I love that kind of shit. But you know, I just got there's just some problems, and when the movie's supposed to be a comedy, and the problems just make me not in a mood to laugh anymore. Like it just affected it. But I I get why people yeah. enjoy this. It, it is a good time. Uh, you know until it isn't.
1: <laughs> until it isn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, it, it, man, it was like a brick wall. I was laughing yeah. and hollering and then just BAM! I just went, oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my oh yeah.
1: It just took me out so much. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't get back into it really after that point. Like, it it, it gets better and there's, like, definitely, like, some, some good moments. Like, after you get through that, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Like, at the end of the first act, the beginning of the second act kind of thing. Like, it was just... It took me right out and didn't pull me back in, even though I did like the action. But yeah, th- I just couldn't get past that. So
0: it's yeah. definitely a good time. It's memorable for sure.
1: Yeah. And I will say, like, I you know, Bill Paxton's character to an extent, like, cringed me out because, like, he's obviously very cringy, But, like, he does. Bill Paxton himself did do a good job. It's no slight to Bill Paxton. He's amazing. And he's always fantastic in his roles i just like the character was so sleazy and it's like oh my god i did like the scene though with uh when schwarzenegger
0: drives him around and he's oh, like yeah. test
1: driving the car that's fantastic it, that's a really that's a great scene,
0: scene. Yeah, yeah i yeah. really love that like exactly during the problematic stuff there's still so many fun moments that like you know it's hard to hate the film at least for me like i have it at six i, I still really enjoy it paxton schwarzenegger a lot of these people. Are problematic in the movie, but that doesn't take away from the performance because I think everyone hit it out of the park.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the the thing that just like didn't doesn't really work for me is that I don't find that they establish that uh, lack of presence within the family for Schwarzenegger's character. I don't think they do a well enough job to establish that part of the story. They really focus on the. spying aspect and that he's an agent but then all of a sudden there's like you know the marital problems because he's not there and you're just like okay all right and then she's talking to a guy oh what the heck and all of a sudden it's like he went from zero to 100 like 150% (laughs) crazy after that like he just like couldn't take that she was talking to somebody else and threw away basically everything he knows about being like a spy and like a special agent and just like thinks like a jealous husband.
0: Yeah. Well, the first 45 minutes, I don't even think I realized Schwarzenegger had a wife. I thought he was just yeah. uh, some yeah. young bachelor flirting with people. And the first time he like calls his wife and he's like, Oh, Hey honey, I'm uh, going to be late to go home. I, I just got to quickly do something. I'm like, Oh, he has a wife. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I had no idea. So yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Maybe if they set that up earlier, then, uh, Maybe it yeah. More-
1: yeah, just like and that it just it doesn't really it, like his daughter at that part about his daughter too. It's like that doesn't it's not I don't know, it just doesn't really feel all important really. It doesn't yeah. You know, I would have liked more more background on that relationship and why it's strained. Um and I think you can do that in the comedy. I think you could have put a, a scene or two kind of at the beginning
0: oh definitely hey if you can put some of the stuff they put in this comedy you can put that
1: yeah, yeah exactly that's all i was so.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's a good point
0: yeah all right uh so coming in at number six and now we're kind of getting to the ones people have heard of you know true lies the abyss these are probably the only two people haven't really heard of uh, the rest of these six mm-hmm. are iconic right like, everybody's heard of these movies uh so you know it's a tough six to really crack through here but in number six we have the terminator so uh, i have this at yeah. seven and you have it at six so so we're kind of on the same page here kind of on the same page yeah yeah
1: no this is um like i said at the beginning that I, I uh this is my introduction to james cameron i watched this with my father i'll, I'll still watch it with him if it's on and i'm at their house um it's just a fun movie, it's a great chase film, and it doesn't stop. It's it's just, it's pretty constant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, with me, Cameron is really hard to rank. Like I went back and forth uh, on a lot of things. And you know, I had this one at number two for some time and even had it at number one for some time. And I just like kept bouncing back and forth. And so for me, like the top six here that I have ranked, they apart from maybe um the first rank ranked film have some leeway in being swapped around a little bit. So six is still fantastic for me. I fucking love The Terminator. It is fucking amazing. Uh it's just, like I said, relentless, heart pounding. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is fantastic. Linda Hamilton is just great at playing Sarah Connor and just being totally taken out. Of her life and thrown into this like, you know, runaway film where she's got to she's got to run away from the Terminator. And it's just, yeah, I, I, it's amazing.
0: I I will always love this film and
1: it'll always have a special place in my heart.
0: Yeah, The Terminator. I don't know if I got that much to say about the Terminator. It's just a genuinely <laughs> fun sci-fi horror film. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know if there's that much to really. Analyze here but it's just a great time and one thing i will say because i don't think schwarzenegger i don't know if this is a this is a hot take i feel like this is a safe (laughs) spot with you sush but i don't think schwarzenegger is a great actor but what he is great at is he's great at finding roles that work for what he can do yes like him playing as like a robe like is he a robot or what's the He's a cybernetic term? organism cybernetic organism <laughs> see i knew you would know the term um <laughs> but he is perfect as the terminator like genuinely no one else could have done it but him like he is just perfect casting yeah like there's just some actors that are just actors and i wonder well are they really that talented like schwarzenegger might be there vin diesel's definitely there uh but unlike the vin rock. diesel uh, yeah yeah the rock yeah like <laughs> unlike vin diesel or the rock i just think Schwarzenegger. Must have the best casting agent ever because every Mm -hmm. choice that he gets put into, he's incredible. Even true lies. Like, I don't love, I don't think Schwarzenegger's great, but I don't know why, but that campy action flick was hilarious. Like, he was really good in that. So, Schwarzenegger, I've always had this vibe that he's not a great actor, but he's been great in everything that I've seen him in. So, there you have it. I think he's so good as The Terminator. And that's a huge kudos to Cameron. I thought this was a great casting choice. Uh, yeah. he, he makes the movie like really. He exciting.
1: does yeah. 100%. Michael Bean is great too. Um, you know, he plays a, a fantastic Kyle Reese. He's good. But it's really, yeah, it's really Schwarzenegger. And then, like you said, like he's just, I mean, he can play this like serious, menacing action star as like the Terminator. And he can go and play, you know, Kindergarten Cop and like find a heart or you know, play the last, um or not, or do Commando, right? Where it's, like, he's running after his daughter and trying to save her, and uh there's that whole kind of aspect. See, that's why, like, Commando, to me, has a better kind of, like, family story than True Lies. Like, that's, like, I would prefer to watch Commando over True Lies, but it's really because, like, Schwarzenegger, the dude is amazing at playing the roles that he's been in, and I if if he can i think the rock should hire his agent or his cat his agent company because the dude needs to start finding roles that like make sense for who he is not like inserting himself into everything
0: yeah i completely agree with that i think Schwarzenegger's just been great with the casting uh yeah. you didn't even mention predator which i think he's so good in that one as well like, he's, he's just yeah. you know he's great at finding these roles
1: he's fantastic jingle all the way. Uh, that one's a great great, that's a great Schwarzenegger movie it's hilarious but oh man he's done so much like it's like he doesn't have the range really but he's able to just do all these movies and not I think it's because he is he just always seems out of place in a really good way like he stands out Yeah, no matter like what he's in even if you would see him on the street like you would know oh that's Arnold Schwarzenegger like he just has that about him where, like, just commands the screen, commands the room. He's very humble, too, which is great.
0: And one thing that I think makes him special compared to the Diesel and The Rock, if we're going to put them all in the same category, is uh, Schwarzenegger's not ashamed to be the butt of the joke. Like, he's into camp. He's in, like, he's... Okay with doing jingle all the way and just being mm-hmm. ridiculous and cringy at times. Like he's he's just here to have fun. And while the other those those other actors like Diesel and The Rock, uh, they they gotta be serious. They 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 don't like to be clowned on, like they gotta win every fight they're in. And uh, you know, Schwarzenegger doesn't. Schwarzenegger is okay with just rolling with the punches. And I feel like you you know, actors need to have that at times, especially these kind of actors. I think Schwarzenegger just has that charm to him. He's just super fun, and he's not afraid to be wacky. And I, I, that's yeah. one thing his films have. They're very campy, very fun. Uh, one thing I know when I go into a Schwarzenegger film, even, either they're going to be fucking badass, or they're going to be campy as hell. And I'm stoked forever. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, you just can't you can't really go wrong with the Arnold Schwarzenegger film.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I love him in Twins.
0: Yeah, I haven't even seen that one. I've seen very oh, few Schwarzenegger films. I uh, I need to be cultured. He's starting to he's starting to win me over.
1: Yeah, you gotta check some stuff out. Like Twins is just absolutely ridiculous and so so funny. Just fantastic, especially if you like Danny DeVito.
0: Yeah, I, I do love DeVito, so I'm sure I would like it. Yeah. So uh, at number five here, you know, we waited 13 years for this film we did this podcast for this very film and that is the newest addition to the camera filmography and that is avatar the way of water we both have this Ooh. at number five so this is like the definitive fifth place nice yeah yeah we're both in nice. agreement here number five
1: i honestly i'm surprised so far by some of our picks like we're not that far off i was expecting like to have different ranking from you and maybe we do like moving into the top 4 but i mean well we'll see but like i don't know i thought that that was funny just based on your uh ratings on letterbox but then again i have 6 of 8 films rated as 5 stars so i'm not really the barometer for uh what they're really rated
0: yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's a good point um yeah we're pretty much on the same page i really was kind of thinking we might diverge especially on terminator i thought maybe i was gonna be lower than you but we're pretty much on the same agreement for most of these and we both have the same top four in our top four so we are kind of in agreement for most Mm, of these movies interesting Um, yeah so avatar the way of water you know most people have been saying this is better than the original me and you say it's not uh but so you know it's interesting maybe we should have gotten someone else on the podcast that is a big way of water defender because i'm kind of surprised at how it seems almost universal, except for maybe the two little voices here on the podcast that this is better than the original, which you don't hear that often. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, when I came out of the film, I kind of
1: had that impression. I was like, maybe this is better. Like, I think this is better. And I was telling myself that, but as I thought about the film a little bit more, I, I kind of realized like I've seen Avatar, you know, maybe 10 or 12 times at this point over the last, since it's been 13 years you kind of watch a movie a few times at least i do um and so i'm like well i've seen avatar more i can't really say that way of water is better based on one viewing that's a lot to take in three hours of insanity and you know high frame rates and just your mind being mushed by the end because you're you're thinking about pandora and only pandora after that uh I guess the, the honeymoon phase with Pandora <laughs> yeah. faded. I was like, oh maybe it's not better, but I think it's, it's pretty close. I think it's up there at least with the first film. Um, overall, fantastic. I, I mean, I was hooked from the start that opening the whole, like kind of, would you call it a prologue? I would call it a prologue, but the first like 12 minutes or so is kind of like Jake Sully narrating about, what's transpired since avatar the first film uh and the the where we're gonna be at with the second film here you know birth of his kids and kind of how the humans came back and all that and i was just hooked like i remember in the first avatar the like level of destruction that the humans inflicted on pandora and the navi and i was like blown away by that, because I'm like, damn, these people are, are advanced with their weaponry, they can really blow some shit up, classic humans. But then, like, them showing up with, like, ships and stuff, and just, like, burning forests down, in, like, the first ten minutes of the movie, I was just hooked, I was on the edge of my seat, and then I was sucked into my seat, and I was just floored by this experience of seeing Way of Water, and, ah, oh, man nothing beats seeing like a movie like that on the big screen, just full blast on the audio and just really taking it all in. It's, it's I, I had a great time with it. It was cool. It was a really cool experience.
0: Yeah. I knew very little about this film going in. I, I try to avoid spoilers for nice. movies. That I know I'm for sure watching. So the villain, yeah. I didn't even know he was returning. I, on the way to the movie, I was telling my wife, I wonder who the villain is. Like, the villain of the first movie was incredible. That's why I love the first Avatar is... Yeah. He's campy. He's pure evil. He's incredible. Yeah. I, I love that guy. Like, how are they going to top this guy? I'm curious as to who the new villain's going to be. And then 10 minutes in, I just went, oh, well, that's how they're going to top him. They're just going to bring him back. Like, <laughs> they, 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 James Cameron must have looked at the movie he had and just went, well, fuck, I, I can't beat the villain from the first one. Bring that guy back. Like, you know, the guy was fucking great. So... They solved yeah, that problem by it just again. bringing him back. Yeah, I know you do. He was back. It was a plot twist for me five minutes into the movie. So that was exciting. Uh, you know, I think the first 20, 30 so minutes, uh, you know, I don't know. I was a little lukewarm, but I think it was right at the moment where, I, you know, I forget the villain's name Cur- Colin Olson. Yeah. Uh, Porn. Corridge. 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 Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so when Corridge went up to the place where. The original Koritch died and he crushed that skull. That was the exact minute I was like, okay, I'm fucking in now, Cameron. That's how you get my attention. When he crushes his own oh, skull, that's never been done before in film. I, I've yeah. never, I can't even imagine crushing your own skull. Like that's just fucking badass. That's just fucking insane. And I, yes. I've never seen that in a movie before. I don't know why, but it was Neither that exact I. moment I was just fucking hooked. Great yeah. film. It was just a good old time. This is why we want to go to the theaters. this and a little movie that I kind of love called uh, Top Gun Maverick." this is why 2022 is so exciting like, this is what I want to see in theaters. this is exciting. The underwater scenes I gotta tell you blew me away like even after the skull crush, it was kind of a little bit of a you know okay, it was you know we're taking a little pace here we're taking our sweet ass time a little bit, but as soon as yeah. they jumped in the water just we just chilled and vibed in the water for 40 minutes that's what i want that is yeah. incredible oh, fuck fighting the humans honestly like that's secondary <laughs> to just vibing with some whales to just looking yeah. at some fish like that's just so calming and peaceful and in the imax theater i was just soaking it in it was just so relaxing it felt like i was just at peace it was beautiful what a great movie thank you Karen.
1: Thank you, Cameron.
0: yeah, <laughs> you know uh, you know he's listening,
1: yeah, he's definitely listening hundred percent i uh, it's a beautiful film it's It's really fantastic, and it it's hard to compare avatar and and way of Water to anything else. I mean, sure, people will say the oh, it's dances with wolves in space and all this stuff, and it's like, yeah, I mean, storylines like that have been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years, but beside that, it's like. They're very much their own unique experiences, and Way of Water was, was an event. Uh, that's just the easiest way to put it. It, it. It's an event. It's still chugging along. It's doing great. It passed Top Gun Maverick. Thank you, Top Gun Maverick, for everything that you did for us last year. You kept 2022 going. Fantastic movie. But I will say, why does Top Gun Maverick get the pass on the cheesy dialogue but Avatar Way of Water does not. See? That's what
0: I don't get. I love the cheese dialogue in both. Uh yeah, I, me too. <laughs> I love camp. Honestly, I don't know yeah. if it's just this year that's occurring to me, but camp and cheese, that's just my favorite. I don't know. I thought I find that funnier than any other joke. It, it just it warms my sweet old heart. I love campy crap. So, you know, Avatar... Both of the Avatar movies are very campy. And I love them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Top Gun Maverick is, like, very campy. And I think that's why I love the film. There's just a certain charm when the movie is just, like... It just... When the film feels like it's having fun, you're having fun with it.
1: Yeah. That's exactly it. It's, like, it's taking itself seriously, but it's having fun while doing so. And not a lot of movies do that these days. Like, you look at the new Jurassic World movies. Like, those are films that just take themselves seriously 100% and aren't able to, like, laugh at themselves and, like, just put out something that's a good time. Like, it can still be serious, but there has to be some self-awareness to a film for it to really function well on such a big scale, in my opinion. And that's what Avatar is able to do. That's what Top Gun is able to do. That's what... You know, all the Mission Impossible's are able to do. That's what James Bond is able to do. You know, even Casino Royale, which is an incredibly like serious film. There's campiness to it. There's some cheesy dialogue to it, and there's it's self-aware. And that's I think that's what made it so good. But a lot of movies have kind of lost that touch or gotten too overboard, like Thor: Love and Thunder, which was just to the max. so you got to find that sweet spot and i think james cameron is really uh, a master at doing that
0: yeah yeah no i i agree i think uh especially since it takes him like a decade for each movie now uh <laughs> yeah I, I think he he knows the sweet spot you know he knows how to make these movies well and he can take his yeah. time honestly i'm in no rush avatar yeah, 3 he can take his time i'll wait till 2032 to watch it i'm okay yeah
1: we got time right yeah we should be should be okay we should make it there
0: although as soon as i left avatar the way of water like the second i left the theater i watched with a couple of friends i turned to the mall and i just went i can't wait till avatar 3 like i'll watch it tomorrow let's fucking go (laughs) i I was ready to go right (laughs) there and then now that i'm calmer like i'll wait take your time cameron i don't need you to rush it but like man when i left the theater i was fucking ready to go like (laughs) give me another one
1: i know it's like does I've been reading and I heard on the Big Picture podcast that they he has a nine hour cut of the third film. i like, watch it. I know it's like I'll I'll see that in IMAX. Just do it.
0: <laughs> Put it yeah, I heard he wants them to make the visual effects for all nine hours before they edit it. Which yeah seems like the most Cameron move ever, and it makes no sense. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> appreciate so it.
1: expensive to do that. Ugh. Yeah, but. It'll be worth it. I mean, the that was something that really stood out to me is the advancement that this film has over Avatar, which still watching it today, like has an amazing visual effects. It looks as good, if not better, than most of the heavily CGI films that come out today. Like uh, you know, Marvel's really taken a a tumble because. They're overworking and underpaying and whatever. And, you know, there's a lot of CGI out there these days that is just, like, totally whack. Just doesn't make any sense. And yet Avatar from 2009 is better. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe Cameron is just, like, hoarding his technology. Doesn't let anybody else use it. Either way, this movie was, like, such an improvement upon the first film that it it really blew me away there was a lot of moments like I don't know if you had the same experience where like I literally like mouthed the word wow just like to myself I saw it alone because I was like I I can't wait for anybody to see this movie I just gotta go do it like nobody was wanting to go with me I was like all right I just I gotta go see this I don't care and I was just like yeah just wow like my jaw was on the floor for most of the film
0: I would say when they entered the water for the first time, that was the one wow moment. Or sorry, uh, I think specifically when one of the creatures, Navi, I don't know what the species are called. Yeah, the blue people. You know. Yeah. The when Navi. one of them yeah, yeah. dropped. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna call them the avatars, but uh, yeah, when one of the Navi dropped the shell and the other one swam down and go get it, and the shot of like the silhouette in the water. That was the shot where I just went, Oh my fucking God. Cameron, (laughs) you did it again. This is, that was, that was the biggest wow moment for me. That one shot. That
1: was, that was pure insanity. I, for me, it's like that, definitely like some of those initial like water scenes. And then just like even at the beginning, man, like when it showed like them and they're like, like when the family, they were just kind of running around and like Jake was narrating Mm -hmm. and just, talking about what was going on and just those like shots of like them playing in the like in the jungle and the like depth of field that you had on some of the shots and like the high frame rate and like how the the they all stood out in a way that was like so realistic like they were just there and I was just like watching them in front of me doing their thing um that was like super crazy and then I (laughs) really loved the way that they like took the photo just like as a, a side note but people yeah. like take the family photo. I love that. They're just so awkward. And Jake's the only one who's like, yeah. He's like, I know how to take photos. And they're all like, Ugh. Yeah. That I was... knew that was
0: I knew that photo was gonna be on Twitter the next day, for sure. Camera's baiting Twitter at this point.
1: <laughs> and who's who says Avatar isn't memeable? Yeah, come on. No culture. Uh, yeah.
0: Embarrassing. Yeah.
1: Fantastic film. If you haven't seen it already do so, and then see it again. I've only seen it once, but I plan on seeing it again sometime soon.
0: Yeah, you know, it'll be in theaters for another month or two. You got tons of time.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Gotta go to IMAX. So I didn't see it in IMAX. So oh,
0: you go. didn't? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you should I'll see it. i have to go check it out. So, coming in at number four is the second most recent film he made, and that is, obviously, Avatar. So, I have this at four, you have this one at three. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we're just gonna be talking about blue people once again. You know, if uh, you know, similar to uh, the Way of Water, uh, yeah. everything I've said before applies to this one as well. Gorgeous looking yeah. film, and yeah. I don't know if this is just nostalgia talking, to be honest with you, because everyone says the Way of Water is way better, but yeah. I strongly disagree. Like I really like the Way of Water, but I think this one is like miles better. I love the original Avatar and. Even now, I watched it for the first time in maybe eight years. It's been a right. while since I've seen this film. And I watched it nice. with my wife, who has never seen the first Avatar before. Um, and she was crying, and I was crying, and it was beautiful. I don't know what it is about this movie. I don't know if it's nostalgia talking, or if I just really like this one for some reason. But I think the villain is even scarier in the original than he is in the new one. I think... The Pandora is way more exciting because it's so new. it's never been seen before. This is all brand new, so the dragons flying and just the navi people themselves. everything is so new and magical. I don't know. I love the original after.
1: yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think it it's I think it's a bit of nostalgia, but at the same time, yeah. if you like the film when it originally came out then it's just going to get better like it's it, to me it's one of those films that ages well especially with the technology it aged so well but it's a simple story and for me it's told really well it's 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 effective at creating those emotional connections between the characters it's effective at establishing this amazing world that these people live and breathe in the characters feel real like all the na'vi are so realistic in their motivations and who they are and how they kind of go about their days it's just fantastic like it's just such a lived in world and that was established in the first film and I think that all that mixed in with the story itself and kind of how you go through the different steps of becoming a navi and becoming a part of the the tribe and you know eventually the destruction of the home tree and all these you know, things that happen and up until the final fight with Korach, it's just like perfect. I think it, it's really, really good. It's done really well. And not everyone agrees. There's a lot of people who don't like Avatar at all and think that it's pretty cheap um, because it's a simple story. It's, you know, not re- rewriting uh, history or doing anything ec- incredibly new outside of the technology. But that's okay because those stories work for a reason. And comparing it to Dances with Wolves for example is fantastic. It's a best picture winning film and that's a pretty good thing to be compared to. So
0: yeah, uh, honestly, yeah, I love it. The criticism for Avatar is just people trying to hate the big guy on top. Like, oh, Avatar is number 1. It's just Pocahontas. It's just Pocahontas that's with fun. blue people and uh, <laughs> Correction, it's nothing like Pocahontas. It's actually more like Tarzan. If we're going to compare it to a Disney classic, and just saying, like it's like way more yeah. like Tarzan. Like I don't even know. I don't even get the Pocahontas comparison. Like it's about a yeah. uh, human trying to integrate himself, and then without meaning to, brings the human, like gives he- the humans enough information to take over. Right? Like it's more similar to Tarzan, and even then. That doesn't mean the movie's not incredible. Every film is similar to another movie. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Every MCU movie is similar to the last one. Like, you know, like every film yeah. has some correlation. Avatar feels so unique. It looks gorgeous. The world is so unique. I, the, the comparison's ridiculous, and it's really funny in hindsight now, looking at people go, guys, guys, I've been on Twitter shitting on Avatar for the last eight years, but I just saw Avatar 2, and guys, it's so good. You gotta trust me. It looks incredible. <laughs> well, my guy, that's the first fucking Avatar. If you actually watched it, like I feel like people are so busy hating on the original Avatar. Just watch it, enjoy it. Yeah. It's a vibe. I think the original Avatar is incredible, and I think the hate is just people hating because they like to hate. Heck, I yeah. I, I, yeah, hey, I'm the first one to get it. I like to hate on MCU or the Fast and Furious as much as the next guy. I love to hate to hate. It's it's fun. To point at the guys on top. You know. They made billions of dollars. You know. They can take a few people hating on them. Who cares. And I get it. Avatar is literally the dog on top. But fuck. I don't know if it's just because I was a kid. I have a lot of emotional stake to Avatar. It was honestly the movie that made me love film. Because I saw Avatar. Nice. And then I heard that it was in contention for the best picture for the Oscars. It was my nice. first time following the Oscars was for the avatar because I loved avatar as a kid. I was blown away by seeing in theaters that I was watching the Oscars that the first time ever wanting to see a win best picture and a lost to some movie. I never heard of called hurt locker. Are you kidding me? <laughs> avatar lost my little child brain. Couldn't comprehend that. I was like, avatar is the best film ever. What the fuck just happened tonight? And because of that night, I was like, well, that's it. I'm going to watch every single Best Picture nominee next year, and then I'll see what the best film is, which then led me to binging 2010's Best Picture lineup, and I saw Social Network, and then boom, the rest was history. That's when I fell in love with film. So I blame Avatar for really making me actually give a fuck about film. It really made me care. I couldn't believe it lost Best Picture when I was a child. I get it now. It's still a great movie. Nice.
1: Thank you, James Cameron.
0: Uh, Thank Thank you, you, Cameron, once again. I know you're listening. Thank you, Big Jim. Thank you thank you
1: yeah i don't get how well i mean hurt locker is not a bad film i can understand why they would they picked it over avatar don't think they should have what's the cultural relevancy of the hurt locker anyways (laughs) we know that avatar is the winner for us in our hearts exactly okay that's all that matters right well that or in glorious bastards would have been my pick but yeah that was i mean that's obviously the better film but sometimes you just give it to the big dog it's like giving it to return of the king it's like i mean return of the king is fucking amazing but you just give it because it's the big dog like you conquered the year you deserve this
0: it's so visually gorgeous and it's so advanced like even now like you were saying like very few films or what you're saying that at age as well, and you're not joking. Yeah. When I saw it and when when I rewatched it at home, like when the trees burn down and it's all black and Ugh. white except for Jake Sully. Like come on, oh my god, that those Beautiful. shots are gorgeous. And like so, and Beautiful. when it's in you know when all the lights are lighting up during the nighttime scenes, like man, Ugh. the film still looks incredible. I'm actually a little peeved that they didn't release it on 4K this year. Is this not the time when Avatar 2 is out to release this on 4K? hmm that's
1: a good question
0: it, like yeah, a, I, don't know. I, I kept waiting i, I actually held off of watching the first one until like a week before the new one i thought well fuck i guess the 4k is not coming i'll just watch my blu-ray which looked incredible but yeah. this is the most visual film ever arguably yeah. if yeah. not the most one of them you know blade runner 2049 might have a ride for its money definitely but definitely yeah like i would say this looks better than 98 percent of any other like 98 percent of the blockbusters that have come out in the last decade and this is from 2009 oh, yeah. like i would say this still looks better than almost any other film like it looks gorgeous it, it still looks incredible give it a 4k oh, yeah. this is like the most visual film ever i don't know why there's no 4k of it but you know needs a
1: fork oh that's james cameron he just puts it out when he feels like it when it's when yeah it's time yeah, yeah when you said
0: time. james cameron says he's gonna work on the abyss when he has time uh, you know in my head i thought well He's got three more fucking Avatar movies. He's not going to have time. <laughs> he doesn't have yeah. any time. The Abyss is never coming.
1: <laughs> no, it's just going to get keep getting postponed and yeah. postponed. He's
0: going to finish Avatar five and he's going to start making six like he's he's never done. He's never going to stop. No.
1: Maybe if he ever dies on set, that'll be when he stops. Otherwise, yeah.
0: never. Yeah. So I'll never get an Avatar 4K.
1: I should. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe one day. Well, uh, keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Well, Cameron, obviously, you're listening to this podcast. If you are, uh, please make Avatar on 4K. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> that's all I'm asking. All right. Uh, so, there we go. We're finally done with the Navi for now. We'll wait until Avatar 3 comes out in 2035. But for now, we can move on to number three, and that is going to be Aliens. So, you have this Ooh. one at number four, I have this one at yeah. number two. So, you know. Do love this film.
1: Fair. I think, like I said, it's kind of interchangeable at this point. Like a lot of these movies could kind of fun, funnel into one or the other. Yeah. For me, Except number for two
0: and one. number three, literally interchangeable. I, I, yeah. I couldn't tell you apart. They're, they're both incredible. Uh, and to me, yeah. this is like the clear three, like, uh, you know, avatar, yeah. fucking love avatar, but even I can admit about 50% of my love for avatar is probably nostalgic. Cause my, you know, I still feel <laughs> like a child when I watch, some of those fucking scenes on Pandora, but aliens yeah. and the other two films, these are just genuinely incredible movies. I love them all. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Aliens. Uh, yeah, aliens
1: is fun. I'm one of the people who love alien. Um, I think I prefer alien over aliens. Um, just because I, I'm a big horror movie guy, and I don't mean not a big horror movie guy, but I like horror movies, and I think that Alien being more of a horror film vibes with me a little bit better. But Aliens is definitely one of the best action movies to have come out in the last ever. It's uh, just a lot of fun uh, right from the get-go, just bringing our girl Ripley back into the fold, making her go out there, shoot some aliens again, you know, throw her in the thick of it. She just comes out on top. And I think that that's why I really like Aliens, is because Ripley is just frickin' awesome. She's she's just one of the most badass characters that have ever been created. Um, So I really like how it kind of takes that up a notch in this one. Because the first Alien film isn't really about Ripley while it is about Ripley. She's kind of in the background until the second half of the film where she emerges as the smartest person in the room um and then you know takes things into control but in this movie it's like she's the badass kind of from the get go right i really like that aspect of it a lot and i think that her kind of connection with the little girl um and how she wants to protect her and save her and that bond that 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 they create is just it really separates the film from the first one as well and gives it that you know iconic james cameron story beat that people a lot of people like um and it's just super like badass there's some definitely some intense scenes that are pretty scary like the shootout scene when they realize that the aliens are up in the vents and they like poke their head up <laughs> into the vents and you just see the alien like that's terrifying shot it's just uh the shootout happens and it's just super cool and it's a great scene and it's all leading up to that fantastic end um that ending is just so iconic and you always see it when people like do mashups of action movies and shit and it's just yeah just a really good time it's uh it's a lot of fun
0: yeah i would say the first i don't know how long this movie is but about the you know i would say the first two-thirds of this film it's probably on par with avatar just i love it really great time love all the characters and just the atmosphere and You know, Mm -hmm. the aliens are terrifying, and the fact that there's tons of them, it's exciting. But what really pulls it off to me is the last third. Like, my God, those last 45 minutes are, like, some of the best ending to any action film ever. It's so exciting. Like, I still get chills when she sees the queen alien for the first time, when she's trying to save the child. And then when she has the final fight with the queen. And, like, there's so many moments in those last 45 minutes that are so exciting to me. And a lot of it plays into the first movie. I think that's why it's hard for me to say it's better. I think I like it more, but Mm -hmm. the reason why it's so successful is because it plays so much into the first movie, how really has to come to terms that, you know, she's she's, she's not a solo fighter here. Now she has a child she has to look after, and that raises the stakes that have an impact because of the difference from the sequel to the original film. And then the fact that there's, you know, is this also the same term that we have for the Terminator, uh, cyborg uh, humanistic? What would uh, you call them? Yeah.
1: There it's like there you're talking about uh, buddy, right? Yeah. The, yeah. I think he, I think he's just like an AI.
0: AI. Robot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the yeah. fact that in the original film, obviously she has a huge issue with the AI that she met in the first film. They were, they were kind of one of the main vocal villains of the movie. And in the mm-hmm. sequel, it's the hero. Like this is her only person she can trust. It's actually the AI and not the humans this time, and so it kind of plays into what we know from the previous film and what uh, Ripley, and what Ripley knows from the original film. It kind of mm-hmm. plays with our past knowledge of the original film and kind of twists on its head. It makes it's a fun sequel because all of a sudden the AI is now the good guy and the real humans are the real monsters, and it, it, you know stuff like that's exciting to me. How yeah. a sequel plays with our knowledge of the original. It makes it more exciting. Like this second movie is really, really good. Like when she's stuck in that room with the girl and that alien because the human locked the door and turned the camera off. Like that's fucking scary. Like that's one of those gripping moments of the film. And it's mostly because the humans turned on her. Like that stuff like that is really exciting. The whole film is exhilarating. I Yeah, I think I like this more than the original. But it, it's tough to say. They're both pretty different in style. So it's kind of mm-hmm. whatever you're in the mood for. Yeah.
1: yeah, definitely whatever you're in the mood for, whether it's October or some random time. You just want to chill and watch some Aliens. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a fun movie. Lots of fun, and uh, it's a great follow-up to the original. And that's why Cameron is, you know, the king of the sequel.
0: The aliens is really great. It's funny, we are working backwards. We did the Fincher ranking about two years ago, where we discussed Aliens 3. Now, here we are discussing aliens. So, I can't wait to talk to you about uh, Ridley Scott's filmography in two years' time. Oh, yeah, you that'll know. be a good one. Yeah, we'll work our way backwards to, of, the, of the trilogy.
1: Yeah, nice. Yeah, I uh, think. Did he didn't he direct uh, a couple other ones? Like, I thought he came back and did like the most recent one. I think he did a few. I don't know if it's the Covenant most or whatever
0: it's called. I've only yeah. seen the first three, I haven't seen the others yet.
1: Oh, they're a good time.
0: Yeah, it's very all over
1: the place. It's
0: Eh, that's most horror film, uh, you know, franchises nowadays. Like, you know, the Halloween franchise, Friday the 13th, every franchise has a few good ones. And then the rest, who the fuck knows? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They'll eventually take Manhattan or something crazy like that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so in number two, we have the film that you put at number two, and that is going to be Terminator Judgment Day. So you had this at number two, and I had this one at number three. Nice. Yeah, so quite a bit of agreement. Pretty close here. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, Terminator 2, unreal movie. I think my second, like my two, three, four picks were pretty interchangeable, but Judgment Day is just peak action cinema. Just non-stop explosions, and, you know, it's coupled with the frickin' robots that kill people, coupled with chase scenes, it's coupled with shootouts, it's coupled with, you name it, like, this movie's got everything. It's got a kid stealing money from people and, you know, playing at the arcade, like, it's, 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 it's got every, like, all your dreams as a child, pretty much like I saw this when I was, you know, maybe an early teenager and it just like John Connor being like, you know, 10, 11 or 12 years old or whatever, how old he is. It's just, it was really relatable to like watch him like go through those experiences. And I think that that's one of the strengths of this film is that I forget who it is, but the guy who plays uh, John Connor is just really good. And Really comes across as a kid, and evidently he was a kid, but I think that says a lot to like Cameron's ability to write children into his movies and make them kind of stand out as well. So that was a big thing that I really loved. And it's just, yeah, great sequences that lead into each other really well, and not really any slog or slow parts that kind of delay the story. It just goes really smoothly and. Yeah, it's got your heart pumping for most of it. So, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, Terminator might just be like one of the best action films. And I'm not a huge action guy, so this is just a genre that I don't love. Mm -hmm. But this has to be one of the best. Like, this is really freaking exciting. Like, it ramps everything up to 11 on this sequel. I think that, you know, what's better than having Schwarzenegger as the evil robot? Make him the good robot. I think. He's Mm -hmm. really fucking exciting as the hero. Uh, He's badass. The enemy, fucking terrifying. Like, he looks (laughs) creepy. It almost has, like, The Thing vibes. The Thing is one of the coolest looking designs in film. I I love that movie. And it kind of gets a lot of, you know, moments like that, especially near the end when they're shooting the evil robot Mm -hmm. cyborg T3000 or whatever he's called. I think... Those scenes are incredible. Every action moment is like exciting. Like the giant, what was it? Chase in like the Dry River Bend. I I forget what it's an iconic location. I forget what it's called.
1: The LA River.
0: Yeah. Like that's an exciting fight scene. Well, probably one of the most iconic. Like I haven't seen this film, believe it or not. I think the most recent, uh, sorry, I think the first time I ever saw this film was either late 2019, early 2020. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like it took me a while, but I knew like half the movie. Like, I was watching this film and I went, oh, yeah, that's the fight scene in the dry river. Oh, yeah, that's him going through the bars. I saw that scene. Like, there's so many shots in this movie. Like, I essentially knew the whole film. It's kind of crazy. Pretty much. It's
1: like the end of Aliens. It's just whenever you see somebody do, like, a montage or a mashup or something, like, those scenes are up there. Somebody's ranking, like, some of the best scenes of all time. Like, those scenes are up there. Um I love the LA river chase. I think it's super cool, like especially when the semi like goes off the jump or off the like bridge and like starts chasing them under there. I think that that's super super cool. Um yeah, it's 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 really awesome. Uh there's quite a few scenes that I enjoyed. Like I really like that whole sequence um at the like Dyson's office where they go and blow it up and have the shootout with the cops and Everything and like the way that they like handle that situation, and how Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator just is such a badass, and he's just like, oh, "I'll be back, and he goes in there and just like fucks shit up with his grenade launcher and just shooting smoke and all these different things, and yeah, just like super cool, and I don't know, I don't know how you couldn't have fun with something like this. I mean, maybe if you're not really into action movies, sure, because it's pretty heavy on the action. And it doesn't really slow down very much, um, but it's, it's just such a fun time. And I think like going back to what you said about Aliens and how it kind of flipped the script a little bit on the first film, I think Terminator 2 Judgment Day does a great job of doing that same thing and sort of flipping the script on the Terminator and having uh, Schwarzenegger come back as an aid to the protagonists of the film, as their kind of protector and i think that giving him the ability to grow the character into something that people actually like relate to and, and and admire and kind of can empathize with a little bit and it's like he's a robot but like you know at the end it's sad when he when he goes into the pit mm-hmm. it's like it's it's really it's sad and seeing that as a kid, it was sad. And even seeing it today, it's sad. And it's like they made you empathize with the fucking cybernetic organism because they, one, Schwarzenegger is so charismatic and he just works for the role really well. But his relationship with not only John, but Sarah and trying to rectify, like Sarah's trying to rectify what happened in the first film and how it's weird for her because he is basically this person tried to kill her and while he's not and all these different things and yeah it's just like it's amazing to make like an emotional film like that out of something that's just so high action non-stop shooting blowing up destroying you know like it's it's a testament to cameron and his ability to do go to the extremes and still put emotion into his films
0: yeah Uh, Yeah, Cameron has a try and true formula for sequels. Aliens, basically alien, but he added a child. Terminator 2, (laughs) basically Terminator, but he added a child. Avatar, way of water, basically Avatar, but he added some children. You know, I I, I see Cameron's strategy. And you know what? Uh, I'm all for it. You know what? Add some kids in these sequels, and I'm hooked.
1: So that means there will be more kids in the Avatar sequels?
0: Yeah, well, if they ever made A True Lies 2, uh, I imagine, you know, Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis would have some children by then. Uh, I, that's all I'm saying. He'll add a kid, one or two yeah. of them, if he ever makes a sequel. that That's, his, that's yeah. his, you know, that's his strat. That's the strategy. Yeah. And it works. Oh, like, man. having a kid here, it makes it more intimidating now. Now it's not robots, you know, potentially killing Sarah Connor. Now yeah. it's... Killing her child, and all of a sudden yeah. the stakes just seem that much more raised for the sequel. It's just yeah. an obvious thing that works, right? Like it's just it's it's obvious, right? Like oh, now we're worried about the parent's child getting hurt, and that's all you need. That's all you need to do to raise the stakes. That's what Aliens is. That's what that's what Avatar: The Way of Water is. Put kids in peril, and I start yeah. to fucking care again. Like this is good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, he's pretty good, you know, like, thinking about it with the, like, release of the Terminator and then the release of Judgment Day, like, enough time passed by that the people who would have seen Terminator potentially had kids by the time they had, they saw Judgment Day, so it's just like, oh, now I'm a parent, and now there's, like, like you said, a kid is being chased and attacked, and I can relate to that, and it's just, like, it's the same thing with Avatar, like, the first one came out, no kids, and then now... People who've seen the film have kids. It just creates like a, a a much different dynamic for the viewers and like a new experience at the same time. I never thought of that, but that's actually really interesting. I don't know if that's on purpose or anything, but probably because James Cameron is a god, right? But it's really interesting to think of it that way.
0: Yeah, but, I don't think he's like intentionally like oh, I'm gonna add kids every single sequel because that's just my secret formula. I just I just think yeah. subconsciously he just knows that adding kids to these movies adds an extra layer adds an extra state to the story. And when it's a sequel, you kind of need that extra layer. So I just feel like that's like his go-to and, you know, he's a father. I feel like that's why avatar two has like three kids. And I think he has three kids. Like, I think he subconsciously relates to the people he's making. Mm -hmm. Like you said, true lies. It's, you know, it was a story while he was going through divorce of a pretty messy relationship in true lies to say the least. So he, yeah. he puts his soul and heart into these films and yeah i think that's why kids keep popping up you know i, I he's just a family man he's just a guy that likes kids even if he didn't have kids back during uh, aliens or terminator 2 i don't know for sure but you know he's just yeah. he knows how to raise the stakes and i think people always love children especially when they're your own you feel that extra pressure so you know
1: mm-hmm. that's I, true it's true i mean it works it works and subconsciously consciously it works and this guy knows his stuff and it definitely yeah it works for me in Terminator 2 and I, I've always had a lot of fun with that one I think Linda Hamilton is super cool too like to go from you know not necessarily like a damsel in distress or anything but I mean she's obviously running for her life in the first film Um, you know she works with Kyle Reese to fight back and you know she doesn't just like <laughs> take it she kind of tries to push back a little bit as much as she can but then in this film it's like she's genuinely a badass like she spent time training and preparing for the day that you know whether it's judgment day or the day that someone comes back to kill john and it just it's a cool uh element to the film to then take her and make her a badass but obviously she's got some issues that she needs to work through as anyone would but yeah she's just a really cool and strong female character um and yeah she she messes some stuff up in the movie and
0: yeah i i really like that aspect of it i think terminator 2 is a great action flick and very rewatchable i think i've seen it three Mm -hmm. times in the last three and a half years so you know uh, i watched it about once a year and you know uh makes a lot of sense it's just is a really great time and like you said earlier It's just constant action. Like, there really is no break. Like, every scene is the good part, right? Like, you know, when you're sitting with someone and they're on your phone, you're like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pay attention, this is the good part. You say that every scene during this movie. Like, every scene is really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's only, like, two hours, two hours, 20 minutes or so. it flies by. So it flies by, and it's... Unlike, you know, some of Cameron's longer films, the same thing. Like, even though they're, like, Avatar, Avatar 2... Um, they're all long films but it they they go by quite quickly like you don't really feel at least for me I didn't it doesn't feel like you're sitting there along with these movies because they're just I've, every scene except true lies because it hits you like a brick but most of his films <laughs> every scene really leads into the next one in a smooth way now, there's some stuff you know we didn't really mention it in way of water that's a bit choppy uh, in the, at least in the third act but like for the most part everything leads into the next part in a you know efficient way and so like Terminator 2 is perfect for that it just flies by and you have
0: a good time here we are at number one a film that we both put at number one and uh, for Ooh. a man that can make so many great films uh, you would think we might be more divided but we are in agreement we have Titanic
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah. Oh, man, I love Titanic. I could talk about Titanic for so long. It's just such a magical film. For me, it's, like, just a beautiful love story, and then it has the one of the best destruction, like, movies, like, disaster films in the third act, like, that's ever been made. It just you go through this story with these two people and you grow so attached to them by the time the the third act rolls in you're like holy shit i hope that they don't die and you're freaking there you know like that's like shit happens you know that that it's not going to go well but you're just so invested in them and and you want them to like make it out alive and like have babies and have a life together and they just like love these people so much cuz ah, just, fuck man, that guy, James Cameron, he knows how to tell a goddamn emotional story well. Like, it's not fair. He's just so good at it. And ah, I love Titanic. Ever since I saw it as a kid, I just, I've loved this movie. And I've always enjoyed watching it. I've watched it quite a few times, and it never gets old. It just gets better and better.
0: the start of the podcast, I said this was the first film I saw. And I said it was because I'm a romantic and I love seeing boats sink. Uh, I kind of lied. Well, one of those was true. I liked seeing boats sink. <laughs> uh, at the time, I didn't love the romantic story. Uh, <laughs> no. You know, you know, you're like a twelve-year-old kid. You just want to see the boat sink. And the first two hours, yeah. you're like, "Come on, come on, where's the boat?" Camera. I was told there was a yeah. sinking boat. Yeah, there, there's no leak. Where what's going on here, Cameron? It's just <laughs> two people falling in love. This is disgusting. But you know, now that I've grown past the age of 10, I can confidently <laughs> say that the romantic thing is some of the best things I've seen in film. Like, is this potentially the greatest love story in film? Is it, do you think this is up there, Sush?
1: Yeah, I, would, I mean, I would have to say that it's up there. I, I think, like, there are movies, like, I'm a big fan of About Time yes um, oh my god yeah. i think that that's a fantastic love story though i know some people say it's a bit weird how he you know does the thing the time travel thing but uh i don't care about that shit it's a fucking amazing movie it's perfect i love it and it's up there as one of the best romantic films I, I i don't know i can't really think of anything else other than maybe about time but i love titanic it's beautiful does midnight in paris count as a romance movie
0: probably it's yeah I owen
1: wilson's romance with the golden era of of paris so <laughs> now titanic is definitely top top five for sure yeah probably yeah, number
0: yeah. One. i can't think of a list at the top of my head but it's definitely top five like i, I don't know if i can confidently say one but yeah. if it's not number one it's two three four five like, like it's up there it's one of the greatest love stories ever like i genuinely yeah. i can't believe i'm saying this i genuinely care about both of these people and I want them mm-hmm. together, and I love them together. It, it, I don't know. it's such a great romantic film. It's just so exciting and to see him live in her world and her live in his world. and it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet, where they're like it feels like they're in two different worlds that shouldn't be together, and but they deserve each other, and it's just it's exciting to throw it all on a gorgeous boat you know with mm-hmm. the, you know the inevitable sink you know disasters about to hit this couple but you want to see if they can make it through like this is exciting like this is filmmaking camera knows exactly what he's doing this is him in his prime this is him in any director's prime one of the greatest blockbusters ever it, it's just exciting he knows what the audience wants we want to we want stakes with the boat sink right like if okay. the whole film is yeah. just let's watch this boat sink we don't know these people. Like, who cares? But in the film, we kind of have all these side characters. We see how they all interact with the boat sinking. But most importantly, we care if this relationship can survive. And mm-hmm. I think he put so much effort into it. You know, it's kind of campy. The villain oh, is yeah. so villainous. And <laughs> Cameron's the king of camp. I am yeah. here for campy Cameron. I love this kind yeah. of stuff. So I-, I love it. I eat it up.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like this, I can't even, like, I can't even describe how much I love this film. The, the fact that he spends two hours telling a romance, like a story about a romance uh, in a film that's about a boat sinking, I just, like, I've never been able to get over that. I think it's so amazing that he was able to pull that off. And it it makes so much sense. Like, you see, uh, it's almost memed, right? The story of of a, a disaster happening. Like, uh, what's... There's, like, that story about Mount Vesuvius where, like, the, the you know, volcano explodes, but there's two lovers, and they need to survive, and blah, blah, blah. And it's, so it's, like, it's a story that's, like, it's, it's been done, and it works, and it's magical, and that's what people like to see, and that's why it's, like, memed and, like, has a cultural impact. Because people just, like, they want to see that. Like you said, stakes. It just really raises the stakes with these two people that you, like, grow to care about. And then, like, you just grow to hate, like, her... Like, Cal, Billy Zane, who's fantastic in Incredible. this movie. <laughs> He's She's so, so good. good. He does such a good job of being such an asshole. Uh, and then his... I forget who it is. I think it's, like... Uh, there's the guy who plays his, like... His bodyguard or whatever. Flip. He's pretty good, too. Like, they're both such shitty people. And you're like, oh, I just I want to see you guys fail so hard. It's like watching her like slowly like leave him and like get with Jack and become like more enamored with Jack. And the fact that she jumps off the damn lifeboat to be with this guy is so amazing. Like it it doesn't get better than that. It's such a big fuck you. Like I'd rather fucking die than be with you or survive and have the opportunity of being with you. It's like, ah, thank you for doing that because it's so good. It's such a big FU. And I love that that scene like when they finally connect after she jumps off the lifeboat and like she sees Jack and they're in the like the nice grand staircase area and she's like, Rose, you're
0: so stupid.
1: You're so stupid, Rose. I love that so much. Like it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, there's so many exciting moments in the last hour. Like, like yeah, you know, the first two thirds are incredible but you know similar to Aliens it's all in the last hour baby like it's so exciting and you know actually some of the best moments are in the first two hours as well it's great throughout uh, but I do love what like the captain sinking with his ship when like the water crashes through the glass and hits the captain like that's incredible or the band playing the music while the boat's sinking and they're just about to leave but one of them goes back to play and the rest of them all return like stuff like that yeah. It's just, like, it's it's human emotion. Like, how would you react in a situation like this? And different people react differently. Hey, you know, uh, the, the, the big villain of the film, you know, uh, takes a kid to get himself snuck onto a boat. Like, people yeah. are willing to do anything. And I think it's really fun to touch on humanity and maybe how we would react in the biggest disaster of all time. And he takes this as, you know, his way of telling a love story. He takes the biggest disaster and tells one of the most beautiful stories ever. And he really, you know, he knows what the audience wants. The audience knows Mm -hmm. the boat's sinking. What we don't know is if Jack and Rose are going to make it out alive. That's what we don't know. So he finds something that we care about more than what we came in for. We came in to see a disaster movie. We left to see if they would make it out alive. Like, he, he took what our interest was and said, nah, 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 here's what you care about. And that's great directing. That's great filmmaking. It's incredible something that we haven't mentioned during this podcast is titanic was set to fail right like it took them years to make they spent way more money than they needed to this movie was going to be a gigantic flop but cameron proved the impossible and then avatar took over a decade to make was set to fail came out as the number one film of all time which same with titanic he keeps proving people wrong this you know avatar 2 people say come on it's been 13 years mcu has made like 40 movies since then it took too fucking long bro no one cares anymore avatar is dead it's, where's the memes cameron no one cares yeah. and lo- it, it, look at it it's killing it again cameron time after time after time yeah. has proved don't doubt this fucking guy he's gonna make a great blockbuster uh, and that's what he does do i think yeah. his movie are any of his films in my top 20 of all time maybe not i love titanic do i love titanic
1: I don't know. I do. That's true.
0: And you know what? I I love it as well. I do love Titanic. But what I am saying is... I have it in my top 20. You know know what? Uh, No judging. I definitely have it in my top 50. I do love Titanic. But one thing you'll always get from Cameron is consistency. He's going to make a fucking good blockbuster. Simple as that. And Titanic is the best of all blockbusters. Or if not, it's up there. Great film. Absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, it's... It's just so well put together as an entire piece of cinema. It's a perfect event. Just has all the hooks that you need. It has the romance. For the people that love romance, it has the destruction. For the people who love destruction, it has, you know, beautiful imagery for people who like look good looking movies. It has a great score. Um it's just very well put together, and yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of it. I Like I said, I probably have it in my, maybe in my top 25, I'm not too sure, but I definitely have it up there uh, as one of my favorite films, and I, I recently rediscovered that because I watched it back in December, um, but I, I watched this quite a few times when I was a kid. Um, because again, I love the destruction of the boat and everything. And I think it was like one of those initial introductions to just like love and like that idea of like romance and like love at first sight kind of thing. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't care if you're whatever gender you are. I think there's something really special when it comes to romance, when it's done well, even if you're a manly man, you should be able to appreciate something like this. Um, and I, I always have, and I, I just, there's, I think maybe it's part of the performances, like DiCaprio was really well casted as Jack, and I, I think Kate Winslet steals it for me. I think she's really the heart of the film. But them together, it's like, uh oh, unmatched. Like, I don't think there's ever really been <laughs> since then a, a couple like that that's really hit all those notes for me. Like, one of my favorite like sequences in the film is when he's like, he's having that dinner with them uh, where he's dressed all fancy and cleans up really nice. And he just, he like really sticks it to Cal, but he just like really tells it like it is to like the rich people and like kind of feeds into like what they want to hear. But we know as like the audience that what he's really saying is kind of a slight to them all yeah. Um, and how they don't really know how to live uh, because they've never had to live in their life. Everything's been kind of handed to them um and i think and and it's like him throwing the lighter to cal it's just like here you go there's always something available for you basically and then how he just like whisks her away he's like come meet me at the clock and she like goes to the clock and then they go down under the deck and they have that party and it's just like everybody's just like dancing and having a good time and she's like finally able to like let loose and like show her true colors and really who she is and I think that that is such a fantastic sequence because then it leads into them like running off and getting into the car and you know having a hot time and um yeah it's just like it's really significant and really like high to like hit once the like it's like once that iceberg comes in and it hits that clashes with that high moment that's when things really start to take a turn and like holy shit we're in the thick of it like there's not really much positivity happening anymore here and the boat slowly sinks and ah it's just it's so good like you you mentioned the the like the instrument the the orchestra i guess the four guys playing and just i love the way like when that music is playing and kind of everything kind of flushes out or not flushes out but like deafens a little bit but you just kind of hear the screams and like the water kind of coming in it's like asmr mixed in with like the just the the music playing and it's so beautiful and like that shot to like the elderly couple in their bed and the water's like filling in under them mm-hmm. and they're just like holding on to each other and like people are panicking and screaming and it's just the beautiful music playing being played in the middle of it all it's
0: Perfection. It's yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just because I've become a giant softy lately. But uh, <laughs> you know, I eat up romantic films now. You know, a ten-year-old yeah. me, maybe not. I was here for the boat <laughs> sinking. Now Definitely I'm here not. for the romance. I love this couple. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a big romantic. What could I say? Yeah. I, this is more my speed. I love romantic films. It just warms my heart. I, mm-hmm. I love it. This is this is my kind of movie this might be yeah. why it's my favorite cameron film it's like the only non-sci-fi film he's got yeah, yeah I love it. that works that does it
1: doesn't have like there's no real awkward
0: moments
1: you know like no, it's jack really good. jack treats rose like a person like he's really the only person in the film that treats her as an individual and as someone who's special where everyone else wants her to fall in line like there's no weird dynamic where like he's made i mean she strips like i think it's consensual in this case right like it's it's, uh, he's not hiding his face pretending to be somebody else asking his wife to strip for him
0: it's actually Um, her idea she came to him he would have never (laughs) brought it up
1: exactly exactly right and she cameron just gives a lot of power to rose and she she saves him you know like he's the damsel in distress when he's yeah. handcuffed in the the bottom of the boat and she comes in and saves him and risks her life multiple times for him you know there's never that moment where it's like oh you're a damsel and i need to save you and it's it's just like we're in this together we're going to do our best to survive and yeah he like sacrifices himself for her essentially and lets her go and live the life that she wants to live because I don't know. She gets, like, a new opportunity, right, to renew herself and become a new person and not be forced to live that life of luxury and um, that she doesn't want. She makes it for herself, evidently. You know, she becomes an actress and has quite a successful life in the sense that she has a family and she seems to have a nice home wherever she lives at the beginning of the movie and, and everything. and. Yeah, so it, to me that's really cool, and then I think that that's something that Cameron should get a lot of credit for. Is he's always written really strong female characters. Like Rose is incredibly strong. Neytiri is such a badass in the Avatar films. She's my favorite. Rip, actually. Yeah. Yeah, she's just she's so good. Zoe Saldana is amazing. Like Neytiri, Like I know she took a bit of a backseat in Way of Water, but mm-hmm. she's still has her moments where she just completely owns the screen and she's just like she fantastic just really well acted really well written yeah and then, and, you know taking ripley like ba- making a sequel with ripley and and making her even more badass and more like a, a even smarter character in the sequel is like yeah. that's really awesome that he did that yeah. and Sarah you know Sarah Connor like yeah she goes from being you know a fish out of water to being a, a badass who can take down Terminator or do her best to at least she has a fighting chance and that's fucking awesome too like sure she's crazy but anybody would be if like somebody from the future came and you know then a cybernetic organism <laughs> attacked you like you, you would lose your mind a little <laughs> yeah. bit
0: but, nobody but yeah, believes maybe just you. a little yeah just a little bit no so maybe why i yeah maybe why i like avatar better than avatar 2 is uh Niteri is easily my favorite character and she's a little sidelined in way of water i i was a little bummed i need more natiri but yeah. yeah
1: no i definitely agree that's like that that was one of the things about way of water that i wasn't as hyped about because yeah natiri is just she's so good
0: really good and does, so does good such a good comment. job yeah yeah and she's still gonna second but and i'm okay with showing off the kids you know we gotta build some more people up mm-hmm. uh but yeah. come on when we get to seed bearer show me you know let's bring the back here right yeah let's go well back it's to like, even like even
1: that. with with kate winslet like she's not really she's hardly in the film yeah she's barely in a way of water i mean she's clearly got a significant role within the the tribe mm-hmm. but uh yeah she just wasn't really in the movie very much and yeah. it's like oh, okay. Hopefully they they have some shining moments in the next one, but I do have a feeling that it kind of shifts focus to the kids. But I don't know. Do you think like because she's like pregnant in Wave Water or whatever? So the, the sequel's called the Seed Bearer. So Seed Bearer. Like, that's what I'm thinking. There? Yeah, is there a connection there? Yeah, maybe. So I don't know. It's it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I have a lot of faith in whatever he's doing you know he's got a good team of people obviously and uh you know us being canadians we just got to support our canadian brother
0: oh i always got big jim's back no doubt about it
1: yeah i know like i've heard that he's an asshole and he's really difficult to work with because he has high expectations and yeah i mean any lots of people in that regard are kind of like that but at, at the end of the day for me he makes a good product that i enjoy greatly and You know, if the actors are, you know, willing to return for multiple movies to work with him, then I'm okay if he's kind of an asshole sometimes. Not
0: everyone needs to be nice. Well, that's everything on our end for James Cameron's filmography. It was great having you on again. We just discussed all eight of his films. I think we killed it. I think that was a good (laughs) I think we got the correct ranking. It's official. Titanic's the best film. No arguments online. Nobody's going to debate us on that. Yeah, I'm glad we're all on the same page here. But it was great having yeah. you on again.
1: Thanks for having me on. I I really appreciate uh, coming on the show and chatting movies with you. It's always a a blast. And uh, yeah, I wonder if we'll ever find <laughs> find a filmmaker that we we vastly disagree with because so far we've been in you know pretty decent agreement for most of our rankings. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, people like listening still and to to the things that we have to say about the movies um but uh yeah maybe one day we'll find something we disagree
0: we'll on. find something to fight about yeah yeah you don't go worry about that <laughs> yeah 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 awesome. anything you want to plug anything you want to mention on the podcast before we wrap it up
1: uh no nothing that i got to plug i'm just uh you know like i said living the dream uh, just working away these days and I, I know i had some things that i had plugged last podcast but uh didn't come through yet, so still got plans in the works. i hoping to, you know, one day put out some things, but uh, for now, just uh, kicking it, enjoying movies, and I look forward to being on the next podcast
0: with you. Perfect. It was great having you on. we will talk to you again soon, and everyone listening, we will talk to you later.